Good morning, everybody. Let me find my center point here. He, hang on. I'm gonna be preaching into the wind today. Man, that's some strong wind. It's gonna blow my toupee off before it's all over with. Uh, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Lord, let the yet let your spirit move on us just like it moved on the second chapter of Acts to empower the church to do all the incredible work of the kingdom. Amen. Everybody doing well this morning? Thank you all so much. Man, I tell you what, it was just a, a faith builder to watch Carrie Kimball come walking in with Bob and Chloe. Amen. Mama Bear, you're looking wonderful. You look beautiful. And you sound beautiful. So she she crashed, she crashed the men's Bible study yesterday online. And uh and we loved it. She she can crash anytime. Uh, but but to hear her voice and to hear the sound of her voice was so wonderful. And uh, I praise God, and, and I believe he's going to finish the good work that he has started and, and carry, and in the whole Kimball family. And Chloe, congratulations. Chloe's going to be getting married. He said yes. <laughs> so, no, we're so thrilled for her and Boone. And uh, Maddie... Maddie Noblet was back with us today singing, I sure love you, girl. I've been missing you. And you sounded beautiful as ever. So you keep singing for the Lord. And Anna, I love you. You're my sister. I'm so glad you're here. And thank you for coming out. And we keep praying for you, lifting you up for, for, for everything. And I know he's he's our provision. Uh, thank you guys for all these, all these months being faithful. We've been meeting out here in the park since May. And uh, God's been good. We've only had two rainouts. And, and we kind of pivoted on those days and just had church in the Dave Cave and streamed it live to you guys. And uh, y'all have just been faithful. So uh, be praying for the elder board. We're going to be meeting today and just having some discussions about what it looks like and what it may take uh, to remain safe and, and maybe a, some kind of a timetable to get back into the LECC. Uh, so, so we'll just see what we can do and uh, let the Lord navigate us through that. Amen. And, and uh, there's lots of things to be concerned about, but at the same time, uh, the Lord will navigate uh, where, where we need to go. And so uh, we're, we're going to do our best to, to hear him. So be praying about that and just know that that is, that is on the radar. That is on the radar and coming soon. Amen. Man, I, I, I don't know if you saw my video I put out on Facebook this week, but I, today we're, I'm, I've had it. Man, we've had a lot of name calling going on over the last several months. People are getting tired, and I know this has been a crazy year, and frustrations are boiling, and we got this election coming up and all this stuff. Every time I hop on Facebook, man, people are calling names. Everybody's calling names. President going on Twitter, calling names. Biden's calling names. Everybody's calling names. Uh, you've been called some names. Y'all have called some names. You know? Man, you talk about names are out there. Fascist, racist, lefty, bleeding heart liberal, socialist, you know, communist, all that. Man, everybody loves to call some names. And this, I've been called names over the last few years. Everything, everything from crazy, deceitful, false, hey, I've been called a false prophet. How cool is that? False prophet? I don't even see myself as a prophet, much less a false one. That's kind of... That's kind of a lofty name. That's like Sith Lord, you know? If you're into Star Wars, I'm like, false. I am a false prophet. So, uh, you know, and uh, so I've had it. 
I'm about to call some names. This week and next week. Y'all ready? We're going to call some names. Y'all ready to call some names? But the problem is this. Any of the names that we can get out there and call, if you want to hop on social media, if you want to, like, fuss at your neighbors, fuss at your spouse, do it. Any name calling is not going to not gonna change your world one bit. As a matter of fact, it may exacerbate all the situations that you're in. But there is a name that we can call that can calm the storms of your life. There's a name that we can call that can change the very atmosphere in which you live in and change the very situation. Psalms, Psalm, uh, Psalm 118 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. The next verse says, Save now, O Lord, I pray. O Lord, send now prosperity. In other words, he has created this day. You can rejoice. You can be glad in it. And there's going to be some challenges, and he's aware of those challenges, and he's permitting those challenges to allow you to have an opportunity to grow your faith. But uh, but the, the book of James teaches us any tribulation you go through, he's got a way out of it. If you will call on him, the Bible says, send, now, send salvation. The Greek word for salvation is sozo. It doesn't mean that you've just punched your ticket to heaven. It's not just pertaining to eternal salvation, where you're going to spend eternity. What it deals with is everything that salvation includes. Sozo means wellness of mind, wellness of heart, wellness of spirit, right standing with God, being able to be everything he's called you to be and prosperous in that. That's what salvation entails. The ancients, when they heard the word salvation, that's what they thought of, not just where they're going to spend eternity, but also how are they going to operate and live on this planet? Even if you're going through difficulties, you can still prosper in him. You can still have joy in him. And the only way to have that salvation, that kind of sozo, is to call on the name of the Lord. So if I'm going to waste my time, and this is not a waste of time, I'm not going to waste my time calling anyone any a bunch of names, but if I'm going to spend my energy calling a name, which I'm going to do for the next two weeks, teach you some names, I'm going to call on the name of the Lord because Romans 10, 13 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, will be sozoed. If you want a way out of your situation, he will show you the way out of it, but you got to call on his name. Stop wasting your time posting negativity on social media and, 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 calling this person name, calling that person name. If you're going to call on a name, call on a name that's actually going to give you a way out. If this nation wants a way out of ethnic unrest, it's not by calling names, but it's calling on the name. Man, that's good. Pre I don't care what y'all say. That's good preaching. Amen. I'll amen myself on that. Acts chapter 4, verse 12. There is salvation or sozo in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved, sozoed. If you want to experience peace of mind, wellness of being, wellness of health, wellness of spirit, righteousness with God or righteousness with God, there's only one name, Philippians 2, chapter, uh, chapter 2, verse 10 and 11, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess, declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So, so Jesus is the name. The name of Jesus. Matter of fact, John 14, 13, Jesus said this about his own name. He said, look, you can ask for anything in my name and I'll do it so that the son of God, so that the son can bring glory to the father. So if you're going to, if you're going to put forth the effort to call some names, why don't you start calling on the name of the Lord in your life? 
because that name brings salvation or sozo. That name will allow you to navigate. And, and now when he shows you the way out of your situation or the way through your situation, he doesn't always remove you from the situation, but he'll walk with you through it. When he opens the jail cell for you to walk through it, you've got to get up and do the walking. You've got to put, you got to put his name and your faith into practice. You've got to put some feet with your faith. But I'm just telling you, let's, let's not get consumed as the people of God. Let's not get consumed. Look, get out and vote. Vote responsibly. Pray and vote your conviction. Pray. Ask God who you should vote for. Sure, do your part as a citizen of this nation and vote and get involved. But once, once you let your yay be yay and your nay be nay, as the Bible says, then understand that you walk out of that voting booth as, a, as a, not just a citizen of the United States of America, but as a citizen of the kingdom of God and his kingdom reigns supreme. God's not a Republican, Democrat. God's not a socialist, capitalist, communist, anything. God is God and he is sovereign. And he's called us to a much higher, a much higher calling than to get wrapped up in the affairs of men. Whoever winds up being president is going to be president because God allowed him to be president. Because all, Jesus said, all power and authority rests with me, he said now. I possess all power and authority. Nobody is in office unless he permits it. So let's get back to the, to the kingdom work, amen? Man, I ain't even gotten to my sermon. I preached a whole sermon. How about that? You got a bonus sermon. So let's talk about, if, if in the Old Testament, now, the name above all names that we talked about is the name of Jesus. There's salvation and no other. No other name given among men whereby we must be saved, where you can encounter Sozo. And that's the name of Jesus. But all these other names, they had a lot of names for God in the Old Testament before Christ came on the scene. And they're all names that actually point to Christ. Yet if we can learn those names, and I mean, they had tons of names, Jehovah this, Jehovah this, Yahweh that, Yahweh this. If all of those names pointed to the wonderful characteristics of God and the wonderful benefits that we have in this covenant relationship. You remember, we, we, we spoke a lot of weeks on this covenant relationship God made with us. And, and we get to experience that same covenant that Abraham did because of our faith in Christ. It's a covenant of faith. And yet, if we can learn some of these names of God, it'll actually point us to all the wonderful features that we have with Christ Jesus, all the wonderful ways that he takes care of us and he lives up to his end of the promise and his end of the bargain. And so this week and next week, we're actually going to study 11 names. I'm going to give you 11 names and I encourage you to include them in your prayer because it allows you to understand the nature of God in your life. So we're going to do some name calling, but rather than calling out a bunch of names, it's not going to make any difference in our life and is just going to pour gasoline on a situation that's already perhaps bad. We're going to call on the names of the Lord so that we can understand the power that is in his name. Amen. And we're going to do this in Psalm 23. We're going to use a very familiar chapter. Psalm 23, if you want to, go to gatheringviridian.com, click on outdoor service, and David Lambert has, has so wonderfully and lovingly posted all the scriptures I'm going to be using today. Uh, but we're going to look at Psalm 23, the crown jewel of the poetry books in the Bible. We read it at funerals. We read it at weddings. We read it at baby dedications sometimes. I mean, we love us some Psalm 23, right? And we all know it. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Yeah, for those of you who need a little refresher in memory, there it is. So let's start with, and, and 
let's start with verse one. There, there are, we can identify 11 names of God per the, per the Hebrew Old Testament tradition in Psalm 23. We're going to talk about five of them today. When you go home, you're going to have five names you can call upon this week that will identify what he can be for you and who he is in you. And they're all listed also on the website as well. Let's start out. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. Well, we got to stop right there. That's already a name. Look at your neighbor and say, Jehovah Ra. All right, four of you did it. Good. Jehovah Ra. That means the Lord is my shepherd. There's something wonderful about shepherds. Shepherd knew the number of his sheep. And he also named his sheep. He became very familiar with his sheep. And he would make sure they were all safely in the fold, in the pen, and when the darkness would come. Even when one sheep would be missing, he would leave all those sheep and go after one sheep. He wouldn't say, ah, oh, well, he didn't make it back. No, the shepherd was good. He would go and actually rescue that one sheep because he loved each and every sheep. And Jesus let us know that he is our shepherd. Matter of fact, John chapter 10, verse 11 says this, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd risks and lays down his own life for the sheep. Then if you hop to verse 14, I am the good shepherd and I know and recognize my own. Aren't you glad that he knows you? He knows you intimately. <clears throat> and he says, I know and recognize my own, and my own know and recognize me, even as I truly, even as truly as I the, as the Father knows me, I also know the Father, and I am giving my very own life and laying it down on behalf of the sheep. He is such an incredible shepherd that he would give his own life, that through faith in him, you can walk in this incredible covenant that we have, and that you can know him as Jehovah Ra. The Lord is my shepherd. One of the things that the shepherds would do when he would get the sheep back in the fold, he would lay in front of the gate, lay in front of the entrance, and that's where he would rest for the night. And it's as if he would say, look, if any coyote or wolf or anyone would want to get into my pen and get my sheep, they're going to have to come through me. And he would lay down. That's why Jesus said, I'm laying down my life. If the enemy's going to get to you, he's going to have to come through Jesus. And he ain't going to do that because if you go through Jesus, then you're saved. All of a sudden, you got to call him Brother Satan. And that ain't going to happen. So Jesus lays his life down for you. And he says, look, ain't nobody going to harm you. If you're going through something, I'm going to use it for good. Otherwise, nothing's going to harm you because I'm the good shepherd. He is our Jehovah Ra. Let's keep reading. Psalm 23, the second part of verse 1. I shall not want. Man, I'm not going to lack anything in my life. I'm not going to want for anything. That is Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh. Look at your neighbor and say that. Jehovah Jireh. The Lord is my provider. The Lord is my provision. God's going to provide for you. Every single one of us can sit in our house at the end of the month and say, wow, look how much I got. I have been provided for in abundance. We are blessed. We know him as Jehovah Jireh, but it goes far more than just meeting our monthly needs and our weekly needs. It, it has a deeper meaning. It goes all the way back. You remember Abraham. We talked a lot about Abraham and God promised Abraham, I'm going to make you a nation and I'm going to give you a son. 
And even though you're 99 years old and your wife is 90 years old and y'all have never been able to have kids, I'm going to give you a son. And they had Isaac, the promised child. And Abraham knew that God said, through Isaac, I'm going to create a nation. You're going to be the father of many nations. And so God was going to bring about that promise via Isaac. Well, the day came that he said, Abraham, I want you to take Isaac up on the mountain and I want you to sacrifice him to me. What? You've never asked for human sacrifice before. You want me to what? I want you to go do it. Do you trust me? Okay. And he starts loading up all the stuff to go. And Sarah comes around. She says, what are you doing? He says, we're going to go up on the mountain. We're going to sacrifice. Well, where's the sacrifice? God's going to provide. He's going to provide. He trusted him. There was a lump in his throat. I don't understand this, God. I don't know why you're asking me to do this. You promised me through this boy you're going to make me a nation. And now you're asking for him back? You want me to kill him? What? Okay, but I trust you. I don't know what you're up to. I trust you. They get up on the mountain. He lays Isaac down to sacrifice. And when he raises the knife, all of a sudden an angel says, hey, nope, don't touch the boy. Don't kill him. Don't hurt him. He said, look over here. He saw a ram that was caught in the thicket, the Bible says. God provided a sacrifice. He just wanted Abraham to prove to himself how much he trusted in God. And it says there, if you go to Genesis chapter 22, verse 14, so Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, the Lord will provide. And it is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it will be provided. Can I tell you today that God will provide everything you need for him to fulfill his promises to you? What has he promised to you? Then don't get discouraged about life. Don't get discouraged because you think you may lack something here and there or now, and, 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 and you don't have what, what's needed for that promise to be fulfilled. You can rely on God and trust that he is your Jehovah Jireh, that he is the Lord of your provision. He will provide. Amen? Amen. The next one is this, Psalm 23, verse 2. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. Whoo, man, it'd be nice to lie down. I was thinking yesterday was going to be a Saturday. I could chill out. Whoo, my first Saturday to chill out in a long time. I got up at 5. I went nonstop till about 11 o'clock last night. But, man, when I got to lay down... And the Bible says, now nah, he causes us to lay down. Sometimes he says, lay down and rest. Causes us to lay down in green pastures. Green pasture meaning that's full of life, full of nutrients. It says, he leads me beside still waters. It's very calm and peaceful. He is Jehovah Shalom. It means the Lord is my peace. Look at your neighbor and say, Jehovah Shalom. Now, the first time we see this term used in the Bible is in the book of Gideon, or in the book of Judges, uh, when, when he's dealing with Gideon. Uh, Gideon and his people in, in, in uh, parts of Israel were being marauded by the Midianites and some other raiders, and were just being oppressed horribly. And the Bible says that the angel of the Lord, which a lot of theologians would say was, was an early uh, manifestation of Christ, you, know, you remember we talked about the word manifesting himself to Abraham, uh, and we said that, 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 it, that it was very likely Christ, an early manifestation of Christ. So think about this. Just in the context of the story, just think about this. Here is an early manifestation of Christ showing up. Of course, nobody knew who he was, but he shows up to Gideon, who's hiding in a wine press, the Bible said. He's trying to thresh some wheat, but he didn't want to like be throwing wheat up in the air because the Midianites who were up on the hillside would see 
would come down and take any of the, the harvest that he was working with. So he's trying to hide. He's scared to death. He's hiding in a wine press. And here's this, the angel of the Lord, this early manifestation of Christ shows up and says, hello, mighty man of courage. In the middle of him hiding, he calls him a mighty man of courage, of valor. He says, hello, mighty man of valor. You're about to lead your people and whoop up on the bad guys, and you're going to lead them to a great victory. You're going to be an incredible leader. And Midian says, I am the youngest in my family, and my family is the poorest in our village, and our village is the most ghetto in all the land. Now that is some poor people, and that is feeling pretty bad about yourself, right? He said, and you're telling me that I'm going to be leading? I am like the lowest of the low here. And he says, no, that's exactly what you're going to do. Well, Gideon wanted to make sure he wasn't seeing things. And so he said, okay, you hang out here. I'll be right back. I'm going to make you something to eat. He didn't just make him something to eat. He made a whole goat. And he made bread, homemade bread. And he made a bunch of gravy, this brothy gravy. And he brings it back to the angel of the Lord. And he sets it down as, as an uh, offering. And the Bible says the angel of the Lord, perhaps this manifestation of Christ, took his staff and touched it. And it burned it up. And Gideon was scared to death because he realized this is, this is I'm, I'm seeing God here, a representation of God. And yet the Lord gave him peace and, and assured him, no, look, you've got me on your side. You're going to do everything I've told you to do. And that's found in Judges chapter 6, starting with verse 23. It says, the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. Then Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. You can experience peace today, but it's not going to come via what political party lands in power. It's not going to come according to things being resolved in your family. It's not going to come because you, you have job security, but your peace is going to come because he is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace peace. Gideon had peace to go do, uh, to, to go liberate his people, not because he felt he was qualified, but because the Lord gave him peace. Matter of fact, Jesus went on later in John chapter 14, when he was here on earth, when he was about to leave, he says, I am leaving you with a gift. Now he could have left any gift he wanted. He could have said, I'm leaving you with power. I'm leaving you with creativity. I'm leaving you with faith. But this is the gift that he left. He says, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Ooh, aren't you glad that we can have the peace that passes all understanding when we should be freaking out when everyone's looking at us saying, why are you still joyful? Your whole world is on fire. It's because he is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. And the world can't give it to me, and the world can't take it away from me. It comes from him, and it transcends everything on this planet. Amen? Moving on. So we got three names so far. we got two more we're going to cover real quick. Psalm 23 and 3 says, he restores my soul. Woo, there's a whole sermon there, and y'all have heard me preach it a few times probably. But that is Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha. Everyone say Jehovah Rapha. That means the Lord is my healer. The Lord is my healer. If you need physical healing, 
he still heals. If you need emotional healing, he still heals. If you need mental healing, he can be the man. Mental health is at an all-time low right now amongst a lot of people. And some people try to dismiss it. No, you can you be, you can become ill mentally just like you are physically. You, the, the enemy doesn't play fair. He'll mess up your mind just as much as he tries to mess up your body. Mental health is at an all-time low, yet he is Jehovah Rapha. He can heal your mind. He can heal relationships. Jehovah Rapha. Now, God calls himself this after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, they just fled from uh, Pharaoh. Pharaoh got swooped up in the Red Sea when, when God collapsed the sea back on him and his army, the most powerful army on the planet at the time, wiped out, obliterated. And the children of Israel are standing victoriously on the other side. And God says this to them, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. And he still does it for you because it's part of the covenant plan that he has for you, that he's going to take care of you. Do you realize with this covenant that we get to live in, that he promised Abraham and we get grafted into because of our faith, there's some benefits. Psalm 103 actually lists out the benefit plans. That's pretty good, you know. You ain't going to take a good job if it doesn't have decent benefits. This covenant, I'm telling you, has got some great benefits. Psalm chapter 103, verse 1 starts out, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. And the first two he lists out is this, Who forgives all your iniquities. Woo, aren't you glad that when you make a mistake, anyone here ever made a mistake? Anyone ever blown it in life? Anyone ever like took your faith and just like crashed and burned it? Big time. Uh, he said, now I'm going to forgive all that. Forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Who heals all your diseases. Say, well, I don't know. My, my, I had a loved one who was battling a disease and kept praying for healing and they passed away. Sometimes we look at death totally different on this side than what, what they look at it on the other side. Hey, my mom... My mom passed away uh, and, and battled um, leukemia. And at one point, it looked like she had it kicked. And then all of a sudden, her blast came back ferociously. And it was within a matter of weeks. And, and as I sat by her bed and held her hand as she was crossing over, initially I was getting frustrated and angry. I said, Lord, I've been praying for you or Jehovah Rapha. You're supposed to be healing me or healing my mom. What's going on here? And he said, I am. Said she's finished her purpose. And now I get to say, well done. And I sat there and watched, and as she crossed over, what incredible peace and beauty. She laid there as a child of God, finishing the course, and she looked absolutely beautiful. And I realized that leukemia had absolutely no bond and no tie and no chain on who she really is. And she's alive and well in Christ Jesus right now. And the day's going to come, I'll get to see her again. It's just a little while that I don't get to see her while during my time on this planet. But we're gonna have a we're gonna have a good time. My dad's already there. We're gonna get to we're gonna get to fellowship, eat again. Man, my fun, my family loves eating. I don't know if you can tell that or not. My family loves eating. There's not too many meals that we missed in life. So yeah, there was a healing. Sometimes we look at death differently. 
But even in that, that was an incredible healing. Sometimes he'll heal you in this realm. It's all a part of his plan. But he's true to his word. And if his word says it, he'll do it. He'll forgive all of our sins and heal our diseases. Psalm chapter 23, verse 3, starting with uh, the second part of verse 3. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. The word righteousness means rightedness. Righteousness. That means that you are in right standing with God. You were crooked. The way that you thought was crooked. The way that you acted was crooked. The way that you talked wasn't right. And yet he righted you. Now you you stand upright. We can come boldly before. You don't have to grovel before the Lord. You can come boldly to the throne of grace. And not only that, you can think right now. You can talk right now. You can act right now. You can make the right choices now. You know, you can choose different, Jason. We've been talking about that in men's Bible study. The book of James employs us, implores us to choose differently. The whole Bible tells us, think differently, choose differently. In other words, you are righted. Now you can think clearly. Now you can navigate right. You have been righted. That's righteousness. And it's not through any of your own works. It's through him. It's through his goodness. And he leads us down the path of rightedness or right paths. That is, everyone get ready for this. It's a funny word. Jehovah Sitkanu. Everyone look at your neighbor and say that three times. <laughs> look at your neighbor and say, Jehovah Sitkanu. Jehovah Sitkanu means the Lord of righteousness. Jeremiah 33, 15 says, In those days at that time I will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. Talking about Jesus. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And in that day Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this will be its name. Jehovah Sitkanu. The Lord is our righteousness. Man, I am so glad that it doesn't depend on me getting it right. Now, if I was going to write a hymn uh, about any of the names of the Lord, it probably wouldn't be Jehovah Sitkanu. It doesn't just like roll off the tongue, does it? You know, not a lot rhymes with it. Yeah, somebody did actually write a hymn about it. It was uh, Robert Murray McShaney. McShaney, 1834. It says, I'm going to read you just a few of the stanzas from it. Uh, but it's actually pretty powerful. I once was a stranger to grace and to God. I knew my danger and felt not my load. Though friends spoke in rapture of Christ on the tree, Jehovah sit canoe was nothing to me. When free grace awoke by light from on high, then legal fear shook me. I trembled to die. No refuge, no safety and self could I see. Jehovah sit canoe, my savior must be. My terrors all vanished before the sweet name. My guilty fears banished with boldness I came to drink of the fountain, life-giving and free. Jehovah sick canoe is all things to me. Some of you have been dealing with self-defeat. Some of you have been beating yourself up because things didn't work out the way you were hoping it to. Or maybe you gave something your best shot and you still faced failure in life. That's going to happen. Maybe it was a, a, a maybe it was a business venture. Maybe it was a marriage. Maybe it was a, an attempt to reconnect with children or friends or something. Whatever it is, sometimes we face failure in life, and that's just the way it is. And we can beat ourselves up. All of us, all of us uh, deal with it. No one is immune to it. Matter of fact, pastors and preachers, be praying for pastors and preachers. I, I just read a, a statistic that during the pandemic of 2020, during this season. Out of all the pastors that were polled, 20% are actually considering leaving their calling. 
because they feel defeated. They feel frustrated. You know, we're trying every, all every church to some extent is trying to pivot, trying to trying to adapt, trying to compensate, uh, uh, just to keep keep things going and, and keep fulfilling its purpose in the in, in the kingdom. And it's challenging. It's hard. You know, it takes commitment. Uh, it's not easy to set up out here every week. Yet we're doing it. And you guys, it's not easy just to come and hang out out in the elements all the time. It's different. You know, yet you've been faithful to do it. But there's a lot of pastors that are frustrated. You know, saints are frustrated. P- humanity is frustrated. And, and when you get frustrated, it's easy to, you got to have a target to dump it on. And sometimes the preacher is the easy target because he's the one that's up in the pulpit. So in the wide open, you know. <laughs> so preachers, you know, while, while we get calls of encouragement, we get, we get calls of uh, folks fussing and frustrated. And, you know, all these preachers, they're doing their best. So 20% of preachers, hey, we're, they're dealing, pray for pastors. Pray for pastors. Now, y'all ain't getting rid of me that easy. I'm stubborn. So, uh, you know, you want to call? Hey, you're welcome to call and complain to me. And I'm going to say, you know what? I'm going to complain too. Hang on. Let me come over here. I'm going to fuss, up my, fuss about myself too. And and I'll join forces. And then you won't even know what to do with me. And then and before long, I'm going to make you, I'll, I'll, you. You're welcome to call and complain to me. But then I want you to pray for me. Amen. Oh, that takes the fun out of complaining, doesn't it? I know. But, hey, it happens. But, man, I tell you what, this is why I'm stubborn is because I learned a long time ago it has nothing to do with me. All I can do is be obedient to him, and that's all you can do in life is just be obedient to him. Give it your best shot. And even my best efforts, the Bible says, the best efforts I can conjure up look like filthy rags compared to his righteousness, compared to his best efforts. So it's not even about my best efforts, but it's about his best effort. And the effort that he gave on the cross and through his resurrection, and that through my faith in that, that makes me righteous. To the point that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 says, For our sake he made Christ to be sin, who knew no sin, that in and through him we might become the righteousness or the rightedness of God. That means that we ought to be, or how we ought to be, approved and acceptable and in right relationship with him by his goodness. Let me take a load off of some of y'all. It ain't about you, but it's all about him. So go easy on yourself. Amen. Why? Because he is Jehovah Sit Canoe. So this week, here's your homework. I want you to identify some ways. And if you need to, go online on, on uh, gatheringviridian.com. On, on the link for this service, you're going to see these all re, uh, listed out. Jehovah Ra, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Jireh, the Lord is my provider. Jehovah Shalom, he's my peace. Jehovah Rapha, healer. Jehovah Sitkanu, righteousness. I had a chance last Sunday, last Sunday, I, there, for, for several months now, I've, I've had a personal need that I needed to take care of. It was going to cost, and, and uh, I didn't have the extra income. I didn't budget it in. I was paying off a couple of other things, and I thought, okay, maybe by December I can get this taken care of. And and the Lord moved on somebody who showed up at my door, and provided with 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 the it was just someone who quietly and privately knew this particular need, and the Lord moved on this person. All of a sudden, just like that, God provided for my need. And before I before I went to sleep that night, I raised my hands. I said, Jehovah Jireh, thank you. You are my provider. You are my provision. He'll use anything and everything and anyone and anywhere 
to bring about his purpose in your life. But I'm telling you, if you're going to exert some energy to call some names this week, don't get caught, caught up in all the craziness out there, calling a bunch of names that ain't going to amount to a hill of beans. But call on the names of the Lord, because when you call on the name of Jesus, you are calling on every name of the Lord. Amen. Let's all stand. Thank you, Lord, for your name. Thank you for all the characteristics of your name, that you are our shepherd, our provider, our peace, our healer, our righteousness. You take such good care of us, Lord. Hallelujah. Let's just sing as a family today. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name. Master, Savior, Jesus, like a fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim. Kings and kingdoms will all pass away. There's just something about that name. Father, we lift up your name. It's the name above every name. Jesus, you said, if you be lifted up, you'll draw all men unto you. You elevate us. So, Lord, we just thank you for raising us up, for helping us to transcend all the situations. You said that in this world there will be trouble, but be of good cheer because you have overcome the world and we are alive in you. Therefore, we have overcome the world. Be our shepherd, be our provider, be our peace, be our healer, and be our righteousness this week. We thank you in Jesus' name. Everyone say amen.